The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Last January, chipmaker Qualcomm struck a partnership with Iridium Communications to provide satellite-to-phone services. The plan, offer a satellite SOS feature for Android phones that would rival the one provided by Apple with GlobalStar on the latest iPhone models. It's something I discussed just recently with Iridium CEO Matt Desch on this very podcast. We're not really involved in that. That's really Qualcomm and their, their OEM. So, um Still, you know, the technology works very well. Um, it's been tested. Uh, it's ready to go. And someday I expect we'll, we'll be deployed. Except it won't. At least not as this specific technology within this specific partnership. On Thursday, Qualcomm scrapped its Snapdragon satellite plan, saying in a statement smartphone makers have, quote, indicated a preference towards standards-based solutions for satellite-to-phone connectivity. In an exclusive interview today, Iridium's Desh rejoined me to share his insights and reiterate that this won't change financial guidance for the company. Smartphone providers, well, at least Android ones, um, didn't want to really pay much extra for a satellite access and didn't want to be locked into a single chip provider or, or a single satellite provider uh, for that matter. But, you know, that's understandable, but um, it really means that the market for saving lives and providing access to remote, uh, you know, off the grid um, is really being left open kind of to Apple primarily today. On this episode, we discuss next steps for Iridium and why the nascent market for satellite-connected smartphones is still so promising. I'm Morgan Brennan, and this is Manifest Space. Um, so since the last time we spoke, uh, you've actually just disclosed some news, and that's the fact that this partnership with Qualcomm, um, working on uh, technology for smartphones to bring that satellite-based connectivity um, to devices, has been dissolved. Why? Well, I, I think you'd have to ask them. We were expecting it to move forward. I think uh, they were unsuccessful at being able to sell it you know, to uh, OEM providers. Uh, smartphone providers at this time. So um, decided not to move forward. So we're, we're going to move on and work with others instead. Um, I know one of the things Qualcomm has said is that that the OEMs that they were working with or looking to work with had indicated a preference towards standard-based solutions. What does that mean? And how is it different than the technology that you had proven out in this partnership with Qualcomm? Yeah, well, I think it means that Smartphone providers, well, at least Android ones, um, didn't want to really pay much extra for a satellite access and didn't want to be locked into a single chip provider or or a single satellite provider, uh, for that matter. But, you know, that's understandable, but um, it really means that the market for saving lives and providing access to remote, uh, you know, off the grid, um, is really being left open kind of to Apple primarily today as really all the standard-based solutions that are potentially out there right now are inferior. 
you know, they're regional at best. Uh, they come from geostationary based operators with all the issues that those entail. So, you know, we've announced and we are developing standard based interface to our satellites, but that will take some time. And when we do, uh, the good news is it will mean a truly global and reliable service because that's really um, what we do, you know, and that's in everything we do. But in the meantime, you know, we think that there still may be some smartphone providers who want to implement us in a shorter time frame for, you know, their competitive advantage. So, you know, this announcement from Qualcomm really just delays our entry into this market as opposed to, you know, anything else. And it doesn't really change our our growth plans or or really the uh, cash flow story that we have in the long run. Yeah, and, and you did say that in the disclosure that this does not affect full year 2023 guidance um, or some of the other guidance that you have put out at your recent investor day. Um, what does it enable though? And you kind of just touched on this in terms of the ability to now partner with many different other players within this nascent market. Well, we've had other discussions with other people who wanted to work with us more directly. And, you know, we, we've re-engaged those now and think that those could, could bear fruit. It could mean uh, potentially uh, being embedded in, in other devices, uh, you know, before, before we implement standard-based solutions in a couple of years. Um, how would you ca characterize this new market? I mean, you mentioned the fact that now, at least as it stands currently, it's really, it's, it's really Apple and no one else that's um, participating. But, but we do talk about this market to connect these unmodified phones directly to satellites. Um, there is this expectation that it is coming and coming on a bigger scale. I wonder what your thoughts are on that, on the competitive landscape around that, and when more folks that don't have iPhones, new iPhones in their hands, are now going to have access. Yeah, I'm pretty positive on the the idea. Obviously, uh, I'd love to have one as as I think everyone would. Um, I've been a little bit more pragmatic than some in the industry about it, saying that I think it will take time, and there's still a lot of questions about uh, how the user, what the user experience will be for people, um, whether people will pay extra for these things, who is going to pay for it. You know, Apple's providing it for free today. Others have talked about free, but someone has to pay for satellites and satellite service over time. So, and exactly what will you pay um, and, and what will it be? Uh, what, will it, what will it look like when you get it? So there's still a lot of questions about that. Um, our solution um, is really focused on doing something and doing something very well and doing something extremely global. Uh, and that's really what was I think uh, appreciated here. You know, the technology worked really well. No one's denied that. Um, just like everything else we do, it works. It works fine. It's just perhaps the business model still isn't quite there yet, and uh, and there's still some questions about, you know, how fast it will be adopted and who will pay for it and all those sort of things. And you know, we got kind of kind of caught up in this. Our model is a wholesale operator. We work through partners like Qualcomm, and they really have the relationship with the end and partner so we didn't have as much visibility really into that right now and um, you know this one isn't paying off but i think future ones will mm. how much does it cost for these services as, or is that still a big question mark as well that's a big question mark i mean uh really wasn't determined even uh up until you know we got the notice this week about it um there were still a lot of questions about how would it be provided would it be sort of a a free service with a phone, at least for certain 
aspects and maybe upside? Would it be packaged together with a number of free messages? Of course, no one knows about future services where you can do more in your phone than, than uh, messaging and uh, you know, basic connectivity going beyond what you see, say, from Apple or, or what we had uh, offered or we would be offering here. Uh, so it's really still a lot of question about that. And, um, you know, I mean, the good news about us is we have a network up there. It's very young network. It's uh, very powerful. It's programmable, et cetera. So it was more of an incremental capability to us. There wasn't a lot of investment necessarily to this date. There are people who are talking, trying to raise money to build a whole network to just do this service uh, directly. And, you know, you got to really question what the what the value of that is, if it's really worth the, the dramatic uh, investment that would be required for that, um, as it's been really difficult to work out these business models. Mm. Um, the Apple partnership with Global Star. I mean, I realize that 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 Apple has actually invested money into um, that company as well. Is it exclusive, or is that just sort of a test case? Um, at least where iPhones and 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 Apple devices are concerned for. What could be broader connectivity that involves other players like an Iridium in the future? Well, I can't speak to Apple too much. I mean, it looks like it's a pretty significant relationship in terms of the the investment that they've made. I, I would love it to work with directly with Apple as well, and certainly now with this this uh, uh, deal this week. I mean, now we can and we we can work with them where we were you know precluded from doing that. Uh, and so we'll see where that goes, but uh, hard to tell really where that is right now. I imagine they have a, a vision, um, certainly have a lot of respect for Apple and what they have done. And usually what they do is with a lot of focus on the user experience. So I expect that they'll continue to implement that um, and implement more capabilities on iPhones and other Apple products in the future. And I think I think the rest of the industry needs to take note of that and do the same. And uh, and we're certainly ready to help those uh, those companies do that. Any final thoughts or messages that you want to um, put out there from Iridium before we wrap this up? No, as as we've talked before, I mean, we we're a growth company that's generating a lot of free cash flow. We have a lot of growth vectors in our market. I think a lot of people were focusing on on this one uh, uh, almost exclusively, and that's obviously. Uh, you can see that in the last last year, but we still have a lot of uh, opportunities and we're really excited about the future. So um, kind of a, a disappointment uh, this week that that this particular relationship uh, um, you know, fell apart, if you will. But really, we we see a lot of opportunity in the future, both in this and many other areas of connecting satellites to, to people and things on on the Earth. Matt Desch of Iridium. Great to speak with you. Thank you so much for joining me again. Great talking to you, Morgan. Thank you. That does it for this episode of Manifest Space. Make sure you never miss a launch by following us wherever you get your podcasts and by watching our coverage on Closing Bell Overtime. I'm Morgan Brennan. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. 
Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.